Hey everyone, Mad Max here from the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast. You know, the daily sports betting podcast that covers the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, UFC, boxing, horse racing, soccer, and more. And we want to recruit you, yes you, to be part of the DGEN community. You're probably asking yourself, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Grab your smartphone, go to the App Store, download the DGEN's app, register for the DGEN community, and hang out with us and all the other DGENs who talk sports betting every single day. It's simple, right? Still using a Razer phone? Well, I can't really help you there, but you can still get on your computer and head to AbsoluteDegeneracy.com and register there. Either way, we look forward to having you around, and at the end of the day, we can all make some money, fools. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here. It is Thursday after the main show, which can only mean one thing. We are talking with James. What's going on, James? Um, very well, thank you, Arch. How about yourself, mate? You doing well? Oh yeah, not too bad. So James, how are you holding up, man? Everyone was asking, is James, is he going to survive? Everyone's worried. Um, unfortunately, you know, this is a clone of James. He's not here as of right now. Unfortunately, he's passed on. But So that answers your question. No, I'm all good, thank you. I mean, I... Uh, this is my last well i've got one more day tomorrow of like full isolation and then i can you know i'm I'm, fr- I'm a free man i can do whatever i want on saturday so i'm gonna make the most of it but not in a way i'm just gonna be a bit cautious and i've got my tests next week so hopefully it all comes back all negative and you know i can just go about my life yep and it's been a real crime that you know the ladies have not had access to you for these two weeks <laughs> yeah i've been uh They've been scratching at the door, you see, I'm afraid, I, you know, as, as much as I want to let them in, yeah. you know, COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's it's, it's a real shame, James. It's a real shame. So so I was going to ask Mason to come on and he looked at the card and just told me to go fuck myself. So like, I, I guess <laughs> it's just going to be I mean, you I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I mean, rain or shine, very thick or thin. I'm still committed to the ASD podcast. And unfortunately, this weekend, we have got an absolute stinker. I, I don't think I'll be watching. I mean, it's just a shame how Dana White comes up with a, a good pay-per-view card, a reasonably good pay-per-view card last weekend to this absolute bore fest. And with no disrespect to the fighters coming on, but, you know, it, it's just it's, it's just a bore fest. And that's an understatement, to be honest with you, mate. You can't just shit all over the card and then say no disrespect to the fighters. It's a little disres- <laughs> It's a little disrespectful to the fighters. Well, it's true. And I mean, if you're looking at, I'm going to give you a bit of a glimpse and some of my predictions, but let's just say they do not end well. So we're not going to be in for a, an interesting night, to say the least. All right. Well, shit, man. Let's just get to it. Let's just hold our nose and dive in. We got <laughs> yeah, so, Aldana yeah, versus Holm. Yeah. Oh, Holm versus Aldana. I mean, the, the women's bantamweight division right now is in such an odd spot. I mean, Nuna is the champion has essentially cleaned out the division and beaten pretty much everyone. And the title fight or the title shot from either fighters to uh, fighting this weekend, you know, isn't far at all. But obviously Holly Holm has already lost to Linus. I believe that was last year and she was absolutely humiliated. I think she got knocked out by a head kick in the first round. So as far as title shots go, you know, it could have gone a lot better for Holly Holm. So Essentially, this fight is to determine who's going to fight Amanda Nunes next because she's fighting Megan Anderson in December for the featherweight title. So essentially, this is a number one bantamweight contender spot. And um, it's, it's a bit of an w- awkward one because since her defeat to Amanda Nunes, Holly Holmes only fought once. 
And that was an absolutely dull decision over Raquel Pennington, which took largely, you know, which largely took place in the clinch. And she's got to put in the big performance against Aldana if she's going to, you know, cement her shot at the title again. But I, I don't know. I mean, there just aren't really any top contenders in bantamweight, featherweight right now. And she'll have to get past Aldana, who's been on an impressive, you know, run for the past uh, couple of fights. She's five and one in her last six. That loss was coming to a split decision to Pennington. And to be honest with you, that could have gone either way. She, she's improved a lot over the past couple of years, Aldana. She's in great form, as I've said. She's she's an interesting one to watch. She's more of like a, a brawler, but she's got that, you know, the grappling background as well. And she's, she's more sharp and, you know, she's developed a boxing game over the past couple of years. So that's, you know, be interesting to see how she comes up against a woman like Holly Holm, who's a bit of a hard hitter herself. Aldana, she likes to pick off opponents apart from the jab, and she's got that good reach. And she's, you know, she's got plenty of range, and we've seen her use that to full effect in, in her last win against Catelyn Vieira, which was just nothing short of spectacular. One of the highlight performances that night. But again, she isn't, you know, uh, she's on the ground. She's not lost at all. She's very complete on the ground of Aldana. So if the fight does go there, she can certainly get the submission victory. But Holly Holm is certainly going to be a tough one to take down. And, you know, she can... I don't know what Aldana is going to do here. I think primarily she's going to want to look for the takedown. But again, it's very tough to, you know, take uh, Holly Holm down. And can she outpoint her and outstrike Holly Holm? I, I genuinely don't know. I can't see that happening. So the best way for Aldana to win is to sort of look for the submission and then try and get um, get the finish that way and hopefully earn herself a title shot. But this isn't going to be one of the most entertaining fights on paper, to say the least. So I'm going to go for Holly Holm by decision in this one. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. You okay over there? Yeah, yeah. No, literally, I just dropped my ball on the floor. <laughs> I, well, yeah. That, yeah. A, fight like this, a fight like this can cause that reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Holly Holm decision. Uh, this one opened up Holly Holm plus 107. She's uh, not plus 107. My bad. I got that mixed up. Holly Holm opened up minus 123. She's minus 115 now. So people mm. might not be grabbing her. Uh, Aldana opened up plus 107. She's plus 100 now. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I mean, I've got no. It's hard to tell. It's hard. To, it's hard. to. I mean, Holly Holm on paper looks to be the better fighter. But she's also she's also you know getting a little on in age. So yeah, I mean she's thirty eight. She's been yeah. around for God knows how long. So I'm surprised she's still going. And the UFC are like, we'll, we'll just give you more top fights and potentially a title shot. But again, in the past couple years, she isn't on the best of forms right now. I think she's like three and five in the last eight. So not the best of runs for the preacher's daughter. And a significant loss this evening. You know, could see her either retire or potentially get cut from the UFC. Yeah, and it might be time. Uh, yeah, I'll follow you here. I've got no real deal yeah. on this one, but plus one sixty is what we're getting for the home decision. Yeah, uh, for her to actually, you know, KO TKO submit her, it's plus four hundred. Mm. Interestingly enough, Aldana's plus three seventy five to uh, KO TKO or submit home. So mm. looks like it's just shading a little bit more likely that Aldana would knock out home than vice versa. But then yeah. home wins the decision plus one sixty. Mm versus plus 210 so i i got a feeling you're probably on the right side of it it's going to be a snoozer <laughs> that's an understatement there arch my friend <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get on what's the next fight 
Um, I'm I'm going off of the topology card here, so it could change and alternate throughout the week. But next up, I believe we've got Jorgen De Castro and Carlos Felipe. Yeah, that's is that what you've got? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, it's a heavyweight. <laughs> Banger collide at UFC this weekend, and banger. I mean, it's not going to be the best of fights, but two men that can just you know close the show in an instant. You know they can knock each other out. So that I mean that's going to be an interesting one to watch, just because both men have significant power, and it'll be interesting to see if they can get the fight done early and potentially liven up the card a bit. But I mean, who knows? <laughs> Uh, De Castro, you know, he was he obviously got off to a very good start. He was six and zero. He beat uh, Justin Tuffer and he beat Alton Meeks by the Contender Series, who himself was unbeaten at the time. And there was a bit of a many doubted thought Jorgen De Castro in that fight, but um, he suffered his first setback against Greg Hardy. I believe that was at UFC two four nine. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from this defeat. But again, he just lands. You know, he doesn't land that many significant strikes, but when he does land a significant strike, it is lights out for his opponent. And in a way, the same goes for Carlos Felipe. I mean, he's he's a bit similar in terms of the height and the weight. So it'll be interesting to see how these two match up on paper. They're two hard hitters themselves. Uh, I believe, you know, he's on the wrong end of a majority decision to uh, Sergei Spivak in his, one of his promotional debuts. They've got that mentality where they're just happy to trade and throw and swing and what have you. And it's just a case of who's got the quicker hands and who's more sharp in the striking. I'm I'm leaning towards Jorgen De Castro on this one. I think the big power knockout will definitely come from De Castro's part. Um, if he can land some significant strikes in the first and second, I then potentially may see Jorgen getting this done via third round TKO. So I'm going to go for De Castro via third round TKO on this one. All right. Third TKO got you in. DeCastro opened up minus 274, minus 253 now. So mm. looks like people might be back in Felipe a little bit. Plus 225, plus 210 now. Mm. So, yeah, DeCastro is the heavy favorite here. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Castro to win by TKO KO submission, minus 125. Mm. So that's more in line with what you'd expect, I think, at a minus 253 yeah. fighter. Yeah. Uh, in the third, specifically, to Castro plus nine hundred. Mm. There you go. I like that, man. <laughs> so yeah, big big fan of those uh, round bets right there. <laughs> Castro wins in the uh, wins in the third. Let's do it. As you know, greed will always greed will always win out, James. I will always follow you when I get 100%. a plus nine hundred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't turn that down that big of a, a payday. No, no, no. All right. And I think you're right. I do think that DeCastro probably wins this one. Hmm. How old is Felipe? He's getting on. Is he 40? No, no, uh, no. He's young. He's a young pup. He's a young pup. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, I think he's like mid 20s. Mid 20s. Okay, yeah. All right. Next up, we've got. Let's see here. The Iron Lady, Jermaine Durand versus Juliana Pena. Yeah. <sighs> Again. <laughs> not one of the most interesting fights on paper. You've got uh, Jermaine Durandame, the former featherweight champion, but that just, that just did not long, last long at all. And against the ultimate fighter rating winner and Juliana Pena. So I think the winner of this fight will either potentially get the loser of the main event between Holly Holm and uh, Irina Aldana. I, I don't know. I'm, who knows what UFC have got unplanned it. But you know what to expect from Jermaine Durandame. She's got a heavy hard 
kickboxing style, which is very punishing. And unfortunately, she dropped a decision uh, defeat to Amanda Nunes for the title. So she'll be looking to sort of get back on the winning saddle against a woman in Juliana Pena, who's a bit of an inconsistent one to to say the least. It's, I, 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 you know, she's nine and three. She's got the better record on paper, but she's very versatile, and I believe, you know, she's like I said, she's very versatile in terms of her striking approach, and she's got a decent amount of a you know, take down ability, but I can predominantly see this fight taking place on their feet when by who's got the better striking and sort of Jermaine Devandamy in this one will be looking to use her decent reach advantage over Pena and sort of shrug off those takedown attempts by Pena and hopefully sort of bust up Pena uh, on the feet and sort of implement her kickboxing ability. Uh, with this one again I don't think anyone's going to get a finish on this one to be honest with you I think this is going to be the full I think this one will go the full distance depending on whether Jermaine Durandamay can use his striking technique and sort of pick Juliano apart I think we'll see Jermaine take this one by decision Jermaine by decision this one's a little bit closer Uh, Jermaine's Mm. uh, minus 138 and Pena's plus 120 so it's a little bit tighter uh, as far Mm. as the odds go uh, Jermaine is minus 138, like I said, up, down, or up, I guess, from minus 130, and Pena, yeah, her, she's training the wrong way, too. All right, uh, Jermaine, by decision, gets you plus 240. I like that. All right, so there we go. Interestingly enough, uh, Jermaine's plus 240 to win by decision. Pena is mm-hmm. plus 187 to win by decision. So even though Pena is the underdog, her payout is a little bit worse for the decision mm. win. And will the fight go the distance? Yes or no? Yes, minus one sixty three. So <laughs> I think I think you're probably right there. It's a shame. I think we're going to get a lot of these uh, this afternoon. Arts, I'm afraid. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. If, if we're on the right side, I, we're mm. here to we're here to make money first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, that's hundred percent true. All right, so I'm going to follow you there too. I think you're probably right, although I do think this fight looks to be, you know, it looks to be pretty close. Mm. Split decision, right? Not unanimous. Your words, not mine. I'm oh man, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, what do you got, brother? Uh, Kyla Phillips versus Cameron Else. I believe that's what you got. Yeah, uh, Kyla Phillips. But interesting one, said they see seven and one. Uh, well, 57% of his victories have come via knockout and he's won five out of his last six. He's coming off of a win over Gabriel Silva in February. He's a very hard hitter himself. He's very significant in terms of when he throws, lands about just under seven significant strikes a minute. Like I said, he's very accurate when he swings. He's got, um, he can average a good takedown accuracy as well. He can certainly take the fight to the floor should it need be. But against a guy like Cameron Else, I mean, I'd predominantly see this fight stand taking place on the field although like i said phillips does come from that you know decent wrestling background and has experience in bjj so if he if he's in trouble from cameron else then he'll probably look to take the fight to the floor and with calvin uh, kevin with uh, phillips sorry with Kyler phillips he's certainly a he's a, certainly a fast finisher and a lot of his finishes have come by in the first round whether it be a submission or a tko and you look at cameron else i believe he's 10 and 4 again a large chunk of his wins coming via knockout. He's won the last six of his fights, including a February win over Brad Evans. And I believe this will be his promotional debut. 
Um, again, he's he's one of our boys. Uh, he's from England, making his UFC debut, so he'll be one to watch this this, uh, this weekend. Again, like I said, he's a bit of a fast starter as well, and a lot of his wins have come via knockout. So it'll be interesting to see how Phillips deals with a guy like Cameron Nelson. Uh, if he's getting picked apart early on, Phillips, and he may look to take the fight to the floor. Else is very athletic and he'll literally just throw everything in his toolbox. He'll mix in the, the heads, the elbows, the knees, the head, uh, head, head kicks, everything, to, anything to get the job done really. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his defence is like else because he is a bit sloppy at times. So, you know, it's a tough one to call. I think I'm going to go for Phillips by decision. I don't think we'll see the finish by either men on this one. I just think Phillips has the ability to sort of um, just grind this one out to a decision but I, you can't rule out else in this one he's going to be an interesting one and he may surprise a few on this one but he is a bit inexperienced in terms of quality opponents but you know it could be a good UFC debut for else this uh, this weekend but unfortunately I'm going to go for a Phillips fire decision on this one. Oh man uh, Phillips is a massive favorite minus 450 else is plus 350 so hmm. whew, pretty pretty big is else coming in on short notice or no um, not to my knowledge. All I just know is he's making his UFC debut. Okay, okay. All right, man. So whew, that's good. I was hoping you'd give us a way to give us a path to victory for Else because it's plus three fifty. That's that's a good good pay. Mm. All right. So Phillips to win by KO, TKO, or submission is minus one sixty three. By decision is plus three hundred. So you're getting paid there. Mm. That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I'll follow you here. Fuck. I don't have enough data. To, I don't have enough data to tell you what Cameron else is like. So I got to rely on your judgment on this one. Uh, fight goes to distance. Yes or no. Yeah. Yes. Plus two twenty five. So either guy wins via decision. You could do that, but you don't think else could win a decision. Just don't think. No, it. I'm going for Phillips. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a tough ass to win against Scott Phillips on your UFC debut for Cameron else. All right. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I'm gonna let you handle this these names here. Uh, what have you got? Declan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic. There you go. Look at you handle oh, it. Go. Yeah, I've nailed it. I've been practicing. You see, before I came on. <laughs> I mean, you look at Townsend on paper. He's a more experienced fighter. He's 21 and 11. Comes into this fight with 57% wins of him uh, coming by a knockout. Again, you look at Todorovic, he's a bit of a hard hitter himself, so it'll be interesting. It's a clash-up of styles. It's a case of who's striking better on paper, who's got that knockout power. But Townsend is, you know, is predominantly good he is in his striking. He doesn't land that many strikes, significant strikes a minute. He's he's not the most accurate of guys when throwing. Whereas you look at Todorovic, he's very significant. I think Townsend is coming off of a loss... Uh, a couple of months ago or at UFC Fight Night 167 where he just landed 37 total strikes which is reasonably poor for a guy of his standard and against guy like Todorovic you don't want to be messing around you can't be on the back foot Townsend is you know he's a bit rough defensively so he can throw unnecessary strikes at times and again like I said against guy like Todorovic you cannot be doing that whatsoever Todorovic is 9-0 um, the half, what just over half of his fights have come by a knockout. So it'll be interesting to see how Todorovic comes into a fight against Townsend. I think this is his second fight since 2019. His last coming over, off of a win over Teddy Ash in August. So, you know, is a ring must there? I, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it for a guy like Todorovic. Uh, he lands 
I mean, I did say Townsend doesn't land any significant strikes per minute. Todorovic is just a significant strike king, lands over seven a minute um, with an accuracy of just over 70%. And he's very explosive and he'll be wanting to impress on this, um, on his you know, sort of journey in his, his first path to the UFC tenure. And I'm going to back Todorovic on this one from what I've seen of him. I like him. He certainly has the ability to fly up the division. He slips in his punch as well. He just never, you know, he comes in hard out of nowhere, really. And so he's, if there's any fight to, to watch this weekend, it's certainly going to be Todorovic. He definitely gets this one done inside the distance. So I'm going to go for Todorovic via second round TK. Second round. Okay. Oof. He is a massive favorite, oh, by the way. Minus 320, mm. 324. Uh, Townsend is plus 260 and it's getting, you know, it's getting worse for uh, Todorovic and it's getting better for Townsend. So it looks like the money's probably following you on this one. Yeah. Uh, plus 110 if uh, Todorovic can win TKO, KO submission. Mm-hmm. And in the second, we're looking at plus 500. So there you go. I'm not going to back a plus 260 fighter. I'm going to follow you, follow you again. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here too, man. It's just, ooh, ooh. Townsend just does not look like he's going to be able to stand up to this. I, no. Todorovic looks clearly, clearly the better fighter. Mm. All right. All right. This is exhilarating. What's the next fight? <laughs> so we've got an experience matchup between two guys who've been around for a while in Carlos Condit and Court McGee. Mm-hmm. This will take place at Well And it's a shame how far downhill Carlos Condit's, uh, Carlos Condit's, you know, gone from the past couple of years. You look at him back in the day, he was, con- you know, considered one of the most feared welterweights on the planet. He'd fight a lot of contender fights, a lot of, um, he's had his opportunity to fight for the belt. So it's a shame to see how far downhill he's come in the, over the past couple of years, because he's a bit of a, a, I wouldn't say a legend legend, but he's a well-known name. Guess who's back? Back again, my bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Across the UFC roster, it's a shame to see where he lies now. He's winless. I think his last win came in 2015. He hasn't won a fight since then. He's on a five-fight losing streak, which uh, includes losses over Damian Meyer, 
Alex Oliveira and Michael Chiesa. And the Michael Chiesa fight, I think, was his most recent one. And that came in 2018, December. So he hasn't fought since then, up from the top of my head. So it's going to be an interesting one to see how he deals against a guy like Court McGee, who him, him, he himself is not in the best of runs recently. He's 29, 20 and 9. Uh, he's 1-4 in, in his last five bouts. So I, I don't know. This isn't going to be the most interesting fights on paper. I think people may look at Carlos Condit's return, but um, I don't know. It's, it's not great in terms of the wrestling exchanges in Carlos Condit. So can Court McGee look to sort of pile the pressure on early on and potentially get the fight to the floor because we know how sloppy Carlos Condit is defensively? Um, like I said, I've just seen a stat now. He's given up 13 takedowns in his past three fights, Carlos Condit. Oh. So that sort of sees, that's sort of a path to victory for Court McGee in this one. If he can get the fight to the floor very early on, then he may be able to frustrate Carlos Condit for the full 15. I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I, I don't know. I think Court McGee certainly underperformed him, you know, recently. But if he can put in his A game against a guy like Carlos Condit, who is sort of vulnerable as of right now, then maybe we'll see him get the decision victory. So I think that will happen. I think we'll see Court McGee get this done via decision. All right. Uh, McGee is minus 130. Carlos, Con- Carlos is plus, one, uh, plus 113. Mm. And it's kind of been glued that way. It doesn't look like it's moving much at all. So... Looks like Vegas is happy where they're at, whichever way the money's coming in. Um, uh, court wins by decision is getting you plus 140. And, uh, oops. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, man, this looks to, I'm looking at this. This is like, I don't even know how to, how to, th- what to think. I mean, what, uh, Carlos is one, two, three, four, oh, and five in his last five. And, and McGee's just got one in his last five. I think <laughs> it's not the best of fights. No, it? man, it's really not. <laughs> I don't even know how to how to cap that. Um, I follow you again, Jesus. Course, what's happening there then today? I know, I know. This is like an ugly fight. <laughs> like, yeah, two guys that probably shouldn't be in the in the you know on the circuit anymore. Totally right. All right, next up. Uh, I'm just going to check now quickly to see what's next. Is it Joshua Kulibal versus Charles Jordan? That's what I'm showing here. Still, let's see. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, here we go. I've got it up now. Um, again, this is going to be an interesting one on paper. I think two men who have got you know decent amount of uh, record in their career. I think Joel Jordan is 10-3, and which you look at Kili Bauer, who's 8-1. Um, you know, he's sort of secured a lot of regional titles in his uh, native country of Australia, Kili Bauer, before going to the UFC and I believe he fought on very short notice uh, in February to against Jalen Turner. And unfortunately on that night he had to move up the weight class to lightweight. And, you know, I think Turner proved that there was certainly a golfing class between him moving from featherweight to lightweight. I think he got the second round finish. Uh, So he's back down to 145 Kulibau in his sort of preferred weight division. And he's certainly got the edge in terms of the height and the reach over Charles Jourdain and uh, Jourdain, I mean, he came into the UFC, got a loss over Des Green and then was a bit inconsistent from then on in. Um, he narrowly lost to Andre Philly and, you know, I think all of his wins, Charles Jourdain, have come inside the distance. So, I don't know. I mean, I've seen on paper many backing against Koulibaly in this one. He's, he's a bit of an underdog from what I've seen, mm-hmm. whether the whether the sort of, 
you know the lines agree. I don't know, but he did look bad about. Uh, he did look bad against Turner, uh, Kulibal. But you know, Jalen Turner is a big lightweight, and like I said, he's moving down to his preferred weight class. I don't know. This this is. I I, I can see Charles Jordan very well just smashing Kulibal and you know making it look silly on paper, but. Um, I think in terms of his well-rounded game, I do think Joshua Kulibau does have the skill set to sort of upset Charles Jordan in this one. If he can sort of get behind that stiff jab and, you know, lands the occasional takedown, then maybe we'll see him come off clutch in this fight. So I'm probably going to absolutely butcher this prediction, but I'm going to go for a Kulibau by decision. Like it. I love it. Jordan (laughs) is minus 431. Josh is plus 330. So you've got you are taking <laughs> you're taking the biggest yep. underdog man. I love it. I love it. Uh, Josh wins by decision plus seven hundred. Nice. I love this it. is a crazy prediction. Crazy ass prediction. Man, let's do it. Oh, I'm following you. Know, you. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> Betting against oh. a Canadian is also something that I think is a very profitable stance. So. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to follow you 100%. I'm going to get that. We're going to get that plus 700 right there, man. Mm. Jordan to win by KOTK or submission is minus 125. Mm. Yeah. Massive upset right here coming. Yeah, you've heard it here first, but you, you know. You won't hear it anywhere else either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you certainly will not hear this anywhere else either. But if this doesn't come up clutch and Jordan absolutely smashes this one. I'd like for you to delete this episode. Uh, <laughs> to no one, there's no proof that I predicted this underdog. You asked me to delete all kinds of episodes. You asked me to delete episodes when Mason's on. You asked me to delete episodes. <laughs> uh, I told you not to say that one on live there. Mason could be listening in right now. <laughs> all right, what do we got up next? Um, Jordan, Jordan Williams versus yeah. Nasruddin Imanov. Imanov. Christ, I butchered that a couple of times. Um, Jordan Williams, he's had a, a bit of a successful, well, an unsuccessful contender series mm-hmm. against Tim Cowan. But he's, you know, he's back and he's competing at uh, middleweight, I believe, at the top of my head. He lost to a razor thin decision against uh, Kuro Mag- Magomedov. So, be interesting to see how he, you know, gets back against a guy like Nasrin Imhoff. I'm just going to say Nasrin because. You know, it's a very short uh, last name, but it's very hard for me to pronounce. But he scored a lot of professional wins by knockdowns. He's got a couple of submissions under his belt. And you look at Nassau Dean, he trains with Francis Ngannou and Cyril Garnet. Two very hot prospects right now. And Cyril Garnet, I think he's fighting soon. uh, Although I think his opponent may have pulled out. But Cyril Garnet is one to watch. And Francis Ngannou, I just think you know. You know what to expect from Francis Ngannou. So they've got a good gym, clearly with uh, several talented fighters. So Nasruddin is potentially one to watch. Um, again, I don't know how to call this one. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> uh, he defeated Munier at, on the Contender Series and then eventually fought Gregory Rodriguez and unfortunately had to withdraw that one, I'm afraid, and then Williams took that place. So I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. This is going to be a, a tough one on paper. I think Williams... You know, there's sort of certainly holes in his game whereby Nasruddin can certainly exploit. Um, obviously, all fighters, they've also got some pause in that game, whereas Nasruddin, he's got good wrestling, but, well, I say he's got good wrestling, it's unproven, but there's sort of some wrestling technique there. 
So he could be exploited in that department. But uh, in the striking exchanges, it's going to be a case of who can wear out who. And I think Williams does have the ability to sort of land some heavy shots early on and get the better of Imahov in the striking exchanges. Oh, I don't know how to call this one, man. Honestly, I'm just going to, oh, I'm going to go for Williams for our third round CK. I just think he's got the better striking on paper to sort of wear a guy like Nassadine down. Uh, Williams is minus 138. Nassardine is plus 120. Here's the thing. Williams is getting much, much better. He opened up minus 155. So his mm. payout's getting 17 cents better. Nassardine's getting worse. Plus 134 yeah. down to 120. So, you know, when I look at this on paper, it looks like I think Jordan Williams handles this fight. But apparently, you know, it looks like the money might be coming in on Nassardine and making, you know, making his payout worse. So it's a little concerning. Uh, let's see. Third round TKO for Williams. Just Williams by, you know, KO is plus 162 in the third. 1100 plus 1100. I got to you know, fuck the money. <laughs> I'm going to fall. <laughs> got to follow you here, man. Jesus. We want that plus 1100. I mean, my suggestion was to take Williams outright. I don't like the way the line's moving. I feel like yeah. I feel like we're walking into a trap, James. I think uh, Nasserdine may take this one. He's, you know, he's he's a very big bloke. He's six foot three, Nasserdine. But unfortunately, naturally, his weight class is a welterweight, so he's moving up to middleweight mm. uh, to gain, to fight against a guy in Jordan Williams, who's more of a natural, well-established middleweight. So that could be a you know a factor in that fight. Whereas you look at Nasadine as well, he's a bit of a a lot of his wins. I'm seeing a couple of his wins have come via submission. So I, I don't know. It's a tough one. Could he use that height advantage to uh, height big height advantage to his um to his advantage? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. But um, Fernand Lopez, he's a very good coach. Like I said, he trains with Garnet and, and Garnet. There could be the possibility for Nasadine to win. Mm-hmm. And he, he's born in Dagestan, Russia. So that's just saying it all, isn't it? So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I can see why people may hop on the Nasadine bandwagon on this one, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just not too sure. Naturally, yeah. he's more of a welterweight, so I'm just going to back Jordan on this one. You wouldn't be mad if people didn't didn't follow you on this play, though. No, I mean, if you want to take Nasadine on this one, it's, you know, it's fine by me. All right. All right. So next up, Jin Yu Free. Yeah, Jin Yu Free versus Loma uh, Lukbumi Rice. <laughs> An interesting last name to say yeah. the least. What's that? What's the origin of that? I think she's from Thailand. Yeah, mm. Thailand. Phuket in Thailand. So, yeah, uh, this. Um, from what I'm seeing uh, in terms of the predictions and what I've seen across social media, people are very much torn in this fight. But one thing they do agree on is that this one goes to distance, mm. and I totally agree. I think the biggest, the most unfortunate sort of factor for. Uh, look boomy in this one is a sort of lack of size in terms of a reach and a height advantage and you know that sort of potentially may be a disadvantage coming into a fight with junior free she's more active though she's a bit of a destructor um she's a very destructive striker when you look at Frey, there was certainly some holes in her game which uh look beam, uh, beam can sort of exploit in that one um I don't know. I, don't, I, I generally don't know. This is literally razor thin from what I've seen. This is going the distance. It's just a case of who you want to back. It is going I the distance. Yeah. Well, we're get, me, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you, we're getting a plus line on both. We can yeah. bet Luma and uh, Frey. 
Loomis plus one yeah. one twenty, Frey's plus two hundred. We could bet both. Yeah, I, I think with Boomy because of her, I think personally, from my opinion, she's got that better striking on paper. She can certainly outwork Junior Frey, and as, even though she's a smaller woman in this fight, and uh, I'm going to have to back her via a decision. This isn't going to be one of them great fights on paper. I'm sorry, you're on. Uh, look, Boomy. Decision. decision yeah okay okay Correct. so you're getting the plus 120 so you are getting value there if you're absolutely convinced it's going the distance we could bet I'm, i might just bet both sides bet both sides <laughs> you go. yeah this is i think this one will go the distance okay so there you go so i could dutch that the plus 120 and the plus 200 turn a profit if either one of them win decision but james mm. you're locked in the plus 120 tough stuff there you go they're yeah. changing my mind now <laughs> yeah it's a, yeah we're not we, we don't play around here james it's hardcore <laughs> <laughs> all right man what do we got next uh i believe we've got casey, casey. kenny versus alateng highly is that what you got me yeah casey yeah again i think this is going to be one of those which goes a distance i think hmm. casey do, does have the the skill set to certainly to certainly surprise a lot of people at Bantamweight, I think a fair few people are sleeping on him. He's a very capable fighter, but look at Alisang. He's certainly got the tools in his locker, but he'll need to sort of change his game immensely against Casey Kenny in this one if he's going to sort of get the, the victory. And if Casey overpowers Alisang on the mat, then we may see a comfortable decision. And unfortunately for Alisang, I think that's where I see the fight taking place because, you know, Casey's wrestling and his capable ability on the, the mat is certainly one to watch and certainly outstanding this fight. He's got a decent record. And again, like I said, he's certainly going to be one to watch, but he's got to get a big win against Alatane this fight. And I do see Casey getting the significant unanimous decision victory on this one. I just think he'll sort of rag the Alatane to the floor and sort of the fight will take place for the full 15 on the mat and we'll see him come up clutch with the unanimous decision victory. All right. Decision. Let's see what you got here. Sometimes it refreshes. There it is. All right. So <laughs> Kenny is just a massive favorite. Opened up minus 301, yeah. minus 331 now. Uh, Hi- Haley? Haley? How do I say that? Hi- Haley? I'm, I'm saying Haley. <laughs> Haley. Okay. Haley opened know. up 244 plus 265 now. Uh, Casey Kenny to win by decision minus 110. So, I mean, mm. it's not so bad. I mean, minus 331 down to minus 110. It's still still definitely doable. I'm going to, yeah, I mean, big shock here. I got to follow you here. What is this? I know, I know. I, I think <laughs> so you're on the right I'm side. I'm not going to grab a plus 265 underdog that just, uh, I'm looking at the stats. It just looks like this is going to be an incredibly yeah. one-sided fight. My big concern is that Kenny ends it early. Yeah. What potentially get a submission early on, or yeah, 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 GK that's my yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the shit can change quick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit of my concern, but I, I'm going to follow you minus the one ten. Look, if there were some better fighters on this card, it wouldn't be such a. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. you never know. <laughs> All right, it's unfortunate, but uh, I think the next. Oh, I don't know when the next good card we've got. We've got a good, decent one the week after, and then we've got a good main event between Korean Zombie Brian Ortega. And which all leads to Justin Gaethje versus Khabib Nurmagomedov at the end of the month. So we may have to wait before you see me get all hyped up a bit for a card. Um, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's been that that fight will definitely be all hands on deck. We got to get Mason on for that. One. Get the get the full experience. Oh, do we have to get him on? 
<laughs> we are we aren't live, are we? Yeah, we're live. Oh, never mind. No, let's right. get him on. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. So, <laughs> what do we got? Uh, I think this is our final one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yes, in Ayiri versus Luigi Benjamini. There it is. is okay. that who you yep. got? It's actually a close oh. one. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know because both men have not fought since 2018. <laughs> um, I believe, yes, in last fought, I think Stevie Ray. And that was, you know, 2018. And then he fought a year before that in 2017 against Darren Till, who everyone knows now. And again, like I said, hasn't fought since 2018. And you look at Luigi's record, I mean, he's 8 1. He's got an impressive record, but I believe he lost his last fight, which was his first of his professional career. Um, he's very well rounded, uh, Luigi, in terms of his striking and his submission approach. It'll be interesting to see how he, you know, steps in on this one. I think. I don't know. I don't know what this one on paper. I mean, like I said, both have got huge ring rust. I haven't fought in like over two years. And it's just such a weird fight to pick because both men haven't had, you know, any sort of octagon action in an, in an extremely long time. So it's yeah. tough to call where both are in terms of their training, in terms of their preparation. But in terms of yes, in, I mean, he's only got the size and the strength to bully <clears throat> a guy like Luigi in this fight. And, I don't know. I think if Luigi sort of fights the way and he did in his, you know, good streak up until that defeat, then maybe we will see him get the win in this one in terms of his long reach and without sort of avoiding that danger. But I think Yesin posted a lot of pressure on early on and I don't think we'll see him necessarily get the finish. I just think we'll see him at point Luigi and get the decision victory. So I'm going for Yesin Ayuri. Decision. Yeah. All right. Um, it's, it's even like, it's either minus 110, both sides, minus 105, yeah. both sides. Yes. Nobody knows how to call this because it's such an, <laughs> it's such a weird fight. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, let's see, you're getting for yes. And you're getting plus 260 here for a decision. Uh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Plus two and a quarter, two and a quarter. So there you go. I mean, you think, do you think it's going to end early? You think there's any chance that one of these knocks oh. each other out? No, I just think because of that, the ring rust, they're going to be a bit cautious in their approach because, you know, another loss and, you know, what's next for them. So I think they're going to be cautious in their approach. We may see a finish, but I don't think it'll be early on at all, mate. All right. Because uh, I asked because Luigi's getting plus 260. This is another mm. case where I can bet both sides. <laughs> bet both sides and maybe turn a profit if it just goes the yeah. distance. Um, of course, it'll probably end up as a draw somehow and then. Just ruin everything. <laughs> I'll just mess everything up. I'm afraid, yeah. but it's, it's scripted. No, the judges, you know, they've seen you stick a bet on Arch and they're thinking, you know, yes, and may have taken all three rounds, but we're going to give this a draw. It's just a screw over. But that's kind of what they've been doing in baseball <laughs> lately, I, I fear. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, it's been. It's been as, a, as some of your baseball bets been screwed up a bit. It's been a tough, tough postseason so far in baseball. Yeah. All right, but yeah, screw it. Let's just do it. Let's jump on Jessen plus the uh, two two and a quarter to win by decision. And that is the whole card. Yeah, that is. Oh, man. How we spent 40 minutes talking about this card, I genuinely have no idea. (laughs) But you're still talking over at Sports Sesh, right? Uh, Yes, we are. We recorded a episode yesterday. And believe it or not, I've sort of... um, I discussed some of these sports over across your ends, Arch, believe it or not. What? You know, we we just yeah, we discuss all the you know, all the soccer as you like to call it, all the MMA, but 
you know, I gave uh, the NFL and the NBA a bit of a crack towards the end of the show. So nice. If you're an American fan out there, stay tuned because you know I've I've talked about some of the teams to watch in the NFL this season and given my thoughts on the uh, NBA. Who's a who's, who's the team to watch in the NFL? You'll have to watch the podcast, man. Ah, oh, man, no teaser. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. no teaser. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, James, I'm from Kansas City. The Chiefs. Oh, really? Yeah. Chiefs. Oh. <laughs> How would you assess your start of the season so far, then? Well, we're undefeated. We're doing good. We yeah. beat, they handled Baltimore really quite easily. Hmm? So do you reckon you can um, sort of keep that pressure going? Well, that looks like one of the better teams. That's what happens when you have the best quarterback in the NFL, in Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I'm... You know, this is probably going to come up as a bit of a shock, but I'm a, I'm a Colts fan. Mm. Don't ask how this school came about, but um, yeah, literally my cousin supported the Colts on there. Like, you know, if I'm going to pick a team, it's going to be Colts to watch. But there you go. Yeah, again, they, they don't have a chance to see. No, no, yeah, I like I like the Colts an awful lot. I think they've got got they've got a lot going their way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think from what I've seen, they've had a couple in terms of the past couple of years. They've had a lot of injuries that have gone against them. And, yeah. People talk about their offensive line this season, so it'll be interesting ones to watch the season. Obviously, I think they're two and one so far. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. they're two and one. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be an interesting one to watch the season. But I'm going to be supporting them. But you know, not like they'll do anything. Come January, it'll be fun to get your thoughts on what you think about Philip Rivers, our quarterback. It'll be fun to it'll be fun to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Give it a couple months and then see where he's at. <laughs> yeah. All right, James Sports Sesh uh, UFC Sports Deluxe Sesh. on Twitter. Yep. Is that it? Yep, so the same, mate. You know, you know the drill. Yep. All right, we'll get out of here, James. Take care, mate. Thanks for having me on again. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.